Now, on this Invest Talk podcast, Justin Klein responds to your questions. Hey, Steve or Justin, this is Bill from West Virginia. Uh, last September, I took a small position in CVS Health Corporation within my Roth IRA. Solid dividend, revenue growth up 4% year over year. They're trying to remake themselves as a, as a more of a healthcare focused company. Invest Talk. Over 29 million downloads and counting. There are two stocks that I'd love to get feedback on. One would be Procter & Gamble, PG. The other would be H&R Block. Your participation makes it unique. 888-99-CHART. This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, fellow investors, and welcome to Invest Talk. This is our Wednesday, February 17th, 2021 edition of Invest Talk. I thank you all for tuning in this hour, and I'm do my best to make it informative and instructive to help you make better de- decisions with your money. I know it's an unprecedented time, uh, both just the last few months, the last few years, uh, and frankly, if you look back just the last couple decades, it's really been um, different than we've all experienced, young or old. And that makes it important to bring bigger perspective, historical perspective. That's something that uh, I pride myself on, uh, which is understanding not just the last few years, last few decades, but uh, going back 100 plus years of market history. And that can instruct you in different environments that we are in and that we are experiencing. And oftentimes, we run into environments that we've never experienced before. And that's really what we are battling with now. I think it's why it's so confusing to so many people. And I've talked about some historical precedents to this day, which I will continue to do so, but I'm going to operate this hour with the mindset and mission statement of independent thinking and shared success. That's what I and Steve pride ourselves on each and every day on Invest Talk. We bring you market reporting, process explanations, educational segments, stock commentary, all presented without bias, where our goal and our job is just to give you the facts as we see them. Now, I'm Justin Klein. Of course, we encourage you to contact us with your finance and investment questions. And when you do this, you get to shape the show to your liking. So, you can call right now during the live stream program, 4 to 5 Pacific Time, or you can leave a question anytime on our Invest Talk Voice Bank. That number never changes, 888 charts So let's grab our first listener question now. We're going to go over to California. We're going to talk to Vip. Hey, Justin. Uh, my name is Vip, and I'm calling about uh, the stock Square. And I was wondering what you think about it, because I've seen a lot of volatility and it goes up and down. And right now, the analysts are really bullish about it. And I was wondering what your opinion is. And I really appreciate your help. Yeah, no problem. Now, this is right in the heart of the 
the finance sector in Silicon Valley, right? And this is a name that's trading at just, I don't want to say absurd, but I'll say absurd uh, valuations, right? You're talking about an enterprise value to EBITDA of 2000 2000 yep, you heard that correctly. Even if you just go based on revenues, you're trading 16 times revenues. Uh, I think this is a horrible time to be getting into Square. Uh, the this is we've talked I've talked about this before. Rates are breaking out. This is a this the ten years now at one point three. The thirty years now at uh, two point oh seven. It's reflecting higher inflation, and higher interest rates are really bad for growth stocks that have very high multiples. This is very similar to two thousand, and when we get that multiple contraction when we get that spark and when that actually breaks you know when do higher rates break that growth market it's hard to say exactly uh but it's going to uh we're headed to two percent on the 10-year uh it's gonna break between now and then i don't know what that is uh and square while a good company you can't argue it's a bad company uh they certainly have good innovations they have uh you know fine long-term profit and growth trajectory. I mean, you're talking about trailing 12 months, 200 million in free cash flow, 322 million in operating cash flow. I like those numbers, but you're talking about a market cap of $122 billion. Now they have no debt. I like that. But just the valuation is so far away from even close to reality. Our valuation on Square is closer to 150. I'm sorry. Not 150. It's it's at uh, it's at um, 270 now. Our valuation is closer to 75 dollars a share. 75. Yeah, you heard that right. So I would not be buying Square. At least not now. Thanks for the call. Now this week is moving fast, and I know you want strategies to help deal with the current envir environment. Just spoke about that. Higher interest rates. Inflation is here. We saw that in the numbers today in the economy. And as governments continue to print and spend, print and spend, print and spend, that is going to change the dynamics of markets and economies. Whether you agree with that policy or not is irrelevant. It's where we are. So how do you invest in that environment? What analogs can we look to in the past to educate ourselves on this type of environment, that type of environment, how you invest in it? Well, guess what? It's very different than the last two decades. In the last two decades, has been about keeping interest rates very, very low, even pre-financial crisis. Remember, mortgage rates were very low. The, the, the Fed funds rate was still you know, sub 3%, still very low interest rate environment. And in that environment, growth stocks thrived. That era is coming to an end, though. If interest rates do continue to rise, which I see little reason why they won't rise longer term if the policies in place continue. You're going to 
have a very different investment landscape that you have to be prepared for. Now let's look at the market today. You kind of had a little taste of that here. The SP was down a little over one point, very modest down day uh, on the S&P. The NASDAQ, though, down 82 points, a little bit worse. And once again, the growth to growth underperformed the value side of the market. With rates high, uh, we had a pause day on the 10-year. 10-year really broke out yesterday, crossed that 1.3% threshold, and we, 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 were, we crossed above it today, or we stayed above it today on the 10-year. This is headed to 2%. Mortgage rates are headed probably to 4%, maybe higher. Now, the question for all of us is, when will the Fed step in? Right now, the Fed's not going to step in. The Fed's not going to, with government stimulating so much, they're not going to step in and do much more than they're doing now. But at some point, it's going to break the economy, right? We're addicted to low rates. And when you don't have low rates, rates are going up fast enough, that starts to break things. We've seen that in the past. And it's going to happen again. And it's first going to break the tech stocks, the growth stocks, these high multiple story stocks that are trading at insane valuations in the market. Now you're listening to Invest Stock. I'm Justin Klein. We are now more than halfway through the third trading week of February. All the changes we see happening, it's important to remember that during these periods of uncertainty, you must continue to build a sound financial future, and that is making good finance and investment decisions. Now, your goal of financial freedom will require solid information and effective strategies, and we can bring that. So your participation is important. We're taking your calls live at 888-99-CHART. Steve and Justin have recorded a special bonus podcast, the February Rapid Fire Hour. It's a fast-paced learning podcast for the average investor. It's free, so be sure to tell your friends. It can be downloaded now at iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and investtalk.com. Let's head over to James in Sonoma. He's looking at PepsiCo. You own it or you're looking to buy it? Uh, I've owned it, owned it for years in my IRA. I'm just looking to add my position. Um, this would be something that I would just add to it, and it would be there forever. And uh, it seemed like it's going down a little bit, and I figured with all the movie theaters, baseball parks, uh, restaurants opening up, uh, they're going to see a little bit of a jump. I don't know what my thinking is on this, but they're down to uh, – they've lost quite a bit in the last, in the last little bit. And I figured that that's, you know, there's no chance they're not going to pay the dividend. They've been 49 years with paying a dividend and raising it, so I think they'll make 50. What do you think of the yeah, company? What do you think the idea? You're correct uh, that they're going to pay their dividend. I don't think that's going anywhere. I think you're fine there. Now, it has come down. A big part of that uh, is the interest rates. Uh, I've talked about this, that higher interest rates are bad for uh, high, grade, high growth stocks, high multiple growth stocks, as well as a lot of dividend payers. So that is bad for a company like Pepsi, which is a high dividend payer. And... In a growing economy, right, where the economy is recovering and showing positive trajectory, that also tends to be negative for consumer staple stocks, and Pepsi is in uh, that as well. So uh, I think 
in the near term, I would be a little patient. I don't think you're at great support. There's definitely some support down around 130. Right now it's at 134. Uh, but I think the major support is closer to the 120 level. And from a valuation perspective, that would be a lot more attractive for me. Now that's roughly 10% below here, which in the long term, grand scheme of things, is probably not a big factor. But, you know, I like to buy things that support and, and better valuations. So uh, you're right, Pepsi is still going to pay their dividend, yields 3% right now, likely going to up that continuously over time. They're really a cash cow. But, you know, just in the current economic backdrop, in the uh, current uh, market setup, uh, I think it probably will work its way down to 120, 125 range, and that's where I'd be more excited about picking it up. But, you know, if uh, it's not too big of a percentage of your portfolio right now, nothing more than, say, 5%, you know, adding more on this dip for long term, it's not a bad idea. Thanks for the call, James. Now, my focus point today concerns this story. It's a B of A survey found that over 90% of investors believe the economy is stronger in 2021. I don't know if that's really a shocker, but the consensus is that we have a V-shaped recovery. What does that mean for markets? And we're going to drill down into the takeaways from that particular story. I think that's going to be very interesting. Also, retail sales came out today along with manufacturing surveys. And I'm going to break down what is happening in the economy right now, right? We're starting to get a handle on the COVID crisis as more and more people get vaccinated and we get out of the, the quote-unquote flu season and more restaurants are, are opening and uh, just the world is, is reopening slowly but still making progress. Government stimulating. And all of this is a confusing concoction that makes it difficult to really discern what is short-term, long-term, and what, what should we expect for the balance of the year. So we're going to talk about that. Also, inflation expectations, or inflation reports, not expectations, surged the highest, the, the biggest surge in, since 2009. Excuse me. Wholesale inflation has its biggest surge since 2009. That's how I wanted to say it. And the question is, will it be sustained? So we're going to discuss that. And then lastly, if we have time, new rules when it comes to 401k rollovers are going to start taking effect. So we're going to look at that as well. There you're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein. And for investors, the need to remain vigilant never ends. So we want to hear your finance and investment questions. And your participation is vital to what we do here on the show. Because we need to know where you need help, where you need advice. So we're taking your calls live at 888-99-CHART. For investors, the goal of achieving financial freedom requires unbiased information, strategic planning, and determination. Congratulations. You found the podcast that is dedicated to helping you succeed. Invest Talk. Let's, over, let's head over to Los Cabos, Mexico. I was actually just there a few months ago. And talk to Dave. He's looking at Fortinet. 
Correct. Okay. You own it or you're looking to buy see it? what you think about it. Well, of the cybersecurity names that are out there, which that's what they do, they sell hardware as well as uh, software subscriptions, this is actually our favorite uh, in the space. Uh, unfortunately, it's not at a level where we're uh, excited to buy it from a valuation standpoint. I think we will get an opportunity later this year uh, as kind of the growth uh, side of the market falters. But this is a name that I'm picking up on any dip below kind of the 130 level. Right now we're at 166. I think that's a, a level that makes me get interested and excited about the name. Love that you're, you're looking at it. Love that you're thinking about it. Uh, I think it is one of the best run cybersecurity companies uh, in the world. They have uh, some of the best software and security and hardware. And I like that combination as well. So uh, I certainly would go with this. Keep it on your watch list. Long term, I think it'd be fun, but I do think later this year you'll get a better buying opportunity. Now let's keep the pace hey, moving and go straight back really to the Best Talk Voice Bank. Hey, Steve or Justin. This is Noah calling from Georgia. I had a question about real estate values. We're looking at buying a vacation home in Florida, and uh, right now with interest rates low, I just wanted to know if it would be a good time to buy now or we were considering buying in about five years. So with mortgage rates starting to rise, how will that affect the value, also the asking price for these homes going forward? Thanks. I'll uh, listen for the answer on the podcast. Have a good day. Well, great question. And it's hard to know what five years will bring. Uh, right, we know we're in the fourth turning. We know kind of the world is in this process where major change is happening. Uh, and under the current system, home prices have been vital to the economy, vital to social and political stability. Right, you're talking about. Remember, Obama had a home loan saving you know programs to modify home loans after the financial crisis and you know even under Trump we had similar things and and there was there's always a political will to try to support housing prices and the fed has been doing that along with uh, inflating other types of of assets by lowering interest rates consistently but we talked about how we're near the end of that and it's more about the government spending and money that's going into the economy is going to certainly benefit housing, but benefit a broader swath of industries. And so I think housing will certainly kind of be supported along the way, but it's going to be more targeted and less broad, like lower interest rates. We've talked about interest rates rising. And so you know, if you're looking at a second home, I would definitely say be patient and wait. This is certainly a seller's market. And what will happen with interest rates? What will happen with foreclosure moratoriums? Once that's lifted, how much supply will come onto the market over the next couple years or so? That will be very interesting to see. And it's very hard to project when will the Fed step in and cap rates? And, and at what rate will that be? And at what rate will that be in the mortgage market? Right, because the Fed's going to step in. They've they've bought treasuries as well as mortgages. Are they going to support the mortgage market directly as well? 
and my intuition says they will at some point, but maybe that's still at four or five percent mortgage rates as opposed to three percent today. So, and then the the moratorium does that get pushed off another? I think they just extend it six months. Does that get pushed off another six months? How long does that go for? And those two factors are extremely hard to predict because it's all political and it's extremely hard to know exactly when you you pull the trigger because those are going to be all those factors are going to be all over the place now when i say i tell people that if they want to buy a home there's people focus too much on what are mortgage rates or what the value of the home is and less on the utility of it. And your first home, your primary residence should be about your utility. You should be able to afford it. Make sure that monthly payment is affordable. If you buy too high or buy too low, as long as you're holding it for an extended period of time, eight, 10 plus years, you'll probably be fine. But if it's your second home, it's an investment property, that becomes a little more tenable. So. Hope that gave you some perspective. A lot is up in the air, and it makes it difficult. I understand that. But try to think big. Now, the next Invest Talk, this story. Household debt rose to $14.6 trillion due to record-breaking rise in mortgage loans. That was the fastest pace in the fourth quarter since 2006. Steve will get to that story tomorrow. But for now, I'm Justin Klein. I'm ready to take your questions live at 888-99-CHART. Got a question for Steve or Justin? I'm calling to ask your opinion on an ETF called XLI. And the question is, during the market downturn, do dividends stay fairly steady? And I've got a question about warrant shares. I think that's the right term. A warrant is a right to buy shares of stocks at a certain price. What's your question? Now is a good time to call Invest Talk 888-99-CHART. Let's say you've been thinking about learning a new language. Okay, why? I mean, how would it come in handy? And where would you want to use it? Could it be that you have an upcoming international trip? Or maybe you want to connect with family members or friends from a different culture? I think you should know about Rosetta Stone. With millions of users, it's been the world's most trusted language learning program for 30 years. Rosetta Stone is available on your desktop or as an app with audio companion and the ability to download lessons offline. Rosetta Stone truly immerses you in the language you want to learn. It has a built-in patented speech recognition engine called True Accent. So as you practice speaking, you'll get feedback on how well you pronounce words. With Rosetta Stone, you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. It's an intuitive process designed for long-term retention. You really learn to speak, listen, and think in your new language. Rosetta Stone is an amazing value, so your special skill set is within easy reach. You know you want to do this, so don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, InvestTalk listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today.
That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off now at rosettastone.com today. At this point, I think almost everyone has heard how generative AI promises to bring us to the next industrial revolution. AI is already shaping society with an impact on daily life that echoes the transformative significance of electricity or the internet. As we take steps to embrace the potential of generative AI, we need to remain vigilant with regard to its exploitability. This is where HackerOne comes in. HackerOne's AI Red Team addresses the novel challenges of AI safety and security for businesses that are launching new AI deployments. The HackerOne approach involves targeted offensive testing by harnessing the collective skills of ethical hackers who are proficient in AI and prompt hacking. In short, AI red teaming is the practice of stress testing AI models and deployments to make sure they can't be tricked into providing information beyond their intended use, and that security flaws can't be exploited to access confidential data or systems. HackerOne seamlessly integrates with your existing tools to enhance communication and collaboration across development, security, and IT teams. So, Stay ahead of the game in the battle against cyber threats with HackerOne's Attack Resistance Platform. Learn more at HackerOne.com. That's H-A-C-K-E-R-O-N-E.com. HackerOne.com. The markets react to uncertainty. Are you prepared? Is your portfolio balanced? Is it optimized? Your financial future depends on the answers to those questions. Justin Klein is here now and ready to talk with you. Call Invest Talk, 888-99-CHART. Now, my focus point today is on a Bank of America survey. And what they did is they surveyed 225 mutual fund, hedge fund, and pension fund managers with a grand total of $648 billion under management. And this is one of the longest running polls of Wall Street investors. And there were some interesting findings. Number one is that more than 90% of investors believe that the economy was stronger in 2021 or will be stronger in 2021 than last year. Shouldn't be a shock. But if you did drill down a little bit, you will have to look at the back half of the year, right? The first half of the year, absolutely, there will be a lot of easy comparisons, right? We shut down the economy in the latter half of Q1, so Q1 was modestly down. Q2 was very poor, right, from an economic perspective. And then we started to get back to a decent level of normalcy in Q3, and uh, obviously Q4 was just a couple of months ago, and we were down year over year, but not dramatically so in, in most areas that weren't affected by, you know, shutdowns like uh, restaurants and, and uh, entertainment, etc. So it was certainly an unprecedented year, and this year in comparison will likely be unprecedented because of stimulus. And so the overwhelming consensus being that this, the economy will be fine and great this year is built into the market, right? If 90% of investors believe that. And they see that 
chief investment officers want to increase capital spending rather than improve their balance sheets for the first time since last year, January of 2020, pre-pandemic. And that is one of those kind of buy the rumor, in my mind, sell the news type of events a little bit. The cash allocation is down to 3.8%. That's the lowest since March of 2013, just before the taper tantrum. So they've deployed almost all their money. Allocations of stocks and commodities are the highest since February 2011. They have preference for cyclical stocks, commodities, emerging markets, industrials, banks. That's the highest level in the past 10 years. And only 13% of the respondents said stocks are in a bubble. So to me, the market has climbed successfully the wall of worry. And that's, I think, a bigger issue. Leaves more potential for downside because there's more money in the market. Now, certainly there's a lot of money being printed and spent, and that can, can leave us higher for an extended period of time. But I do think the risks in the market are starting to grow, even when the investors, or especially because the investors, are not as worried. Now, as you probably know, if you call between 4 and 5 Pacific time, we can take your questions live. This allows for potential healthy interaction. Or you can call 24-7 and record your finance and investment questions directly into the Vo Invest Talk voice bank at 888-99-CHART. So let's pick up another caller question. Hi, I've got a question about uh, Seritage Growth Properties. I know on first glance it seems kind of like a bit of a risky play, especially short term. But, you know, their, their debt is owned by Berkshire Hathaway. Warren Buffett, you know, owns a slice of the company. I think it's about five or six percent. Um, I mean, they've got a ton of just of great land. It's just going to take them a while to, from what I can tell, to kind of redevelop it, and that's that's kind of the main plan. I uh, just wanted to see what your guys' take would be on it. Symbol SRG. Also, from what I understand, the the risk isn't so much given that. You could sell the land, you know, if it went bankrupt tomorrow, you could basically sell the land, you know, at a fire sale at a pretty big, you know, discount for just about what the stock is, is trading at or even a little bit more than what it's at today. So just curious what you guys thought about this one. It's a little bit complex and also not, but uh, love the program. Thanks. Bye. I was looking at Seritage Growth Properties. This is a REIT that owns 212 retail property, properties across 44 different states, including Puerto Rico, 33 million square feet of retail property. And that's the issue here, is that there are tons of uh, retail oversupply. And I don't think that's going to change in a dramatic way. Now, certainly reopens and uh, there's more potential for retail to get a rebound, right? especially brick and mortar. But the problem with Seritage is, like you said, is they do have a decent amount of debt, $1.6 billion in debt. Now, price to book is about one and a half. Now, book value on especially REITs because of, because of uh, depreciation, et cetera, can mean a lot of different things. So I probably wouldn't use book value very much. And you may be right that if they sold off all the properties, that they can pay off their debts and worth more than the equity is worth today. 
but this is going to be a slow slog. You're not going to get a dividend yield. They've eliminated that dividend yield. Why? Because their earnings for 2020 was negative $1.49. Still expected to lose $1.01 this year. Revenues last quarter, which was that last quarter they reported, which was third quarter of 2020, was down 29%. Sure, that will likely improve in the fourth quarter when they report and coming up here soon. But you know, this is this is kind of a devalue play. You're not to be patient on. You're not getting paid like a normal REIT, and there's a lot of risk. So, if you really understand the assets, if you understand the balance sheet, which certainly I can't do that here. It's too too deep of analysis for me uh, based on my systems. I would have to take a few days and dig into it. But that's what you're going to have to do. And if you believe, like you said, that their value of the properties are much higher than the total enterprise value, which includes the debt and the equity value of $700 million, then it might be a good buy. But it's going to take a lot of work. But interesting, interesting uh, stock, interesting question. And thanks for the call. 888 chart 888 Now, let's go straight into the report that came out today, the retail sales report. And it came in pretty strong at five. Actually, you know what? I want to go to inflation because I think this is more of an important story. We know the consumer is strong. I might get to that here in a little bit. But inflation to me is more important with interest rates rising. And the producer price index jumped 1.3% last month, as well as the core producer price uh, index as well. And what's very interesting is that raw materials jumped a ton, 3.8% last month, and they've climbed 6.6% in the past year. So what that means is eventually those raw materials are going to find their way into the finished products, right? The cost of the finished products. And so while the wholesale inflation rate in the past 12 months climbed to 1.7% in January, that's up from 0.8% at the end of 2020, it's likely to continue to rise because of the rise in commodity prices, right? From energy prices to the cost of healthcare, a lot of different factors are driving higher inflation. Some of it's COVID supply disruptions or supply chain disruptions. Others just rising demand. And finished products right now shot up 1.7% annually. And that's the highest level, or no, sorry, year over year, up to 3.1%. So you're really starting to finally see us get to pre-pandemic levels on inflation, and the trend continues to be higher. It's not going to stop there. The cost of labor is higher. Cost to operate. Supply chains are more clogged and disrupted. See that here in Southern California. I, I see, I live in Laguna Beach. And I see shipping containers off my coast, which I never see. Why? Because the port of Long Beach and the port of LA, 
they have a bunch of COVID cases or COVID or workers that are exposed and are in isolation. And so there's not enough longshoremen to unload all of the ships. So that's just an, one example, small example of the, the supply disruptions that are happening within our economy. So inflation is here and it's headed higher. And as long as we continue to spend and give money to people, give money to businesses like we have over the last year, inflation is likely to go up. Now let's see if I can squeeze another voice bank question here that comes in from a listener in Virginia. Hey, Steve or Justin, this is Bill from West Virginia. Uh, last September, I took a small position in CVS Health Corporation within my Roth IRA. That position is now up over 25%. So I'm wondering what you guys might think the current valuation would be um, and if I should maybe take some profits at this point. Thank you. Uh, I think the long and short is of it is, no, I don't think you should take your profits. Uh, we like CVS. We own it for some of our managed accounts. It yields forward dividend yield of about 3%. So solid dividend, revenue growth up 4% year over year. They're trying to remake themselves as a, as a more of a healthcare focused company. And I think they're on their way. I think they have a fairly good strategy, although it's certainly risky to some degree. Uh, this is the type of name that will do wonderful if value continues to outperform the growth side of the market. Trailing 12 months, you have $13 billion in free cash flow on a company whose equity is only worth $95 billion. That's an incredible 15%-ish free cash flow yield. I, I, I see no reason why we should you should be taking profits on it. I would be adding it to it. It was down yesterday on a on earnings, but it was up and rebounded most of that uh, today. So I think it's just consolidating here around the 70 level, and we continue to like it. And I would not be cutting it. In fact, I would be adding to it on dips. I'm Justin Klein. You're listening to Invest Talk, and you are not alone. We have surpassed the 917,000 download level for the month of January, and we are on our way in February to pass that. And we are now above the 30 million download mark for the life of InvestTalk. And Steve and I thank you for downloading InvestTalk and telling your friends and family about our free investing and finance podcast. Please keep those calls, questions, and emails coming. We love them. You're vital to the show. And of course, you're welcome to call our KPP financial offices in Irvine, California at 800-557-5461. If you uh, want to have a more intimate conversation with us about your financial situation, we'd love to help you. But for now, our phone lines are open at 888-99-CHART. There is good news for loyal InvestTalk listeners, their friends, and families. Steve and Justin have recorded a special bonus podcast, the February Rapid Fire Hour. This free podcast is available for download anytime. Typically, each day and night, the Invest Talk Call Center receives more voicemail questions than Steve and Justin can fit into a live show format. So in the bonus program, caller questions will be played back from our voice bank and answered with brief, unbiased, and helpful responses. The first segment of the Rapid Fire Hour is hosted by Justin Klein, and Steve Peasley handles the second half. It's a fast-paced learning podcast for the average investor. 
It's free, so be sure to tell your friends. It can be downloaded now at iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and investtalk.com. Look for Rapid Fire Hour. So over to Heather in Portland looking at Glue, G-L-U-U, Glue Mobile. Do you own it or are you thinking about buying it? I own it. I have, I've had it since May. And with the uh, merger that's going to happen, I'm wondering if I should keep my shares or if I should go ahead and sell them now. All right. Let me take a look at this. So Glue is being bought by EA Games. And mm-hmm. it looks like, let's see, do you know what the acquisition is, a cash or stock? See uh, I think it's cash. It's all cash. Okay, yep. So twelve fifty. EA is paying twelve fifty per share, and it's now trading at twelve sixty seven. So a little bit above that. It could be trading at that because uh, potential for another company to come in and outbid EA for glue. It's probably unlikely. Now these. Acquisitions typically take six to nine months to finally close. So the odds are you're going to the odds are you're going to get twelve fifty. That's going to be a while. So I would just sell it, move on, and redeploy that money so you can make more on it as opposed to sitting there as pretty much dead money until the deal close closes. So uh, I would certainly sell it and move on, take your profits, and congratulations. <laughs> so the other issue is I've only had it a few months. So, oh, are you thinking tax consequences? And take the tax hit, or, or well, when did I, you buy? You said May. I hit the one year mark. You said May. You had it. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. If you, I would maybe wait then. Uh, if you're worried about the tax hit, I think uh, it'll probably go through. It'll be dead money until then, but I, you know, if there's a big difference in your tax uh, hit from uh, capital gains versus income, then I would wait. But that's certainly up to you. This is Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein. I'm ready to take your calls at eight 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 nine nine chart. Your objective is to work hard, plan well, and achieve financial freedom. Right? You're in luck. Because Justin Klein is here now, ready to take your finance and investment questions. Call 888-99-CHART. Hello, my name is Paige. I'm calling from Sunnyvale. There are two stocks that I'd love to get feedback on. In particular, I always like to know what you guys think a good buy price would be. If you think there could be a good buy price, one would be Procter & Gamble, PG. The other would be H&R Block, HRB. Thank you so much. Now, Procter & Gamble is certainly the safer name, but it is also overvalued. Our fair value is closer to $100 a share, now trading $128, uh, certainly underperforming over the past few months, similar to the reason Pepsi is underperforming, right? This is a consumer staple company. Interest rates are rising. Economy is recovering and growing. And in that environment, money flows out of these type of names and into the more cyclical names. 
And that is why Procter & Gamble has been underperforming recently. But it also has had a big surge, and it's trading over the past couple of years, I mean. So it's coming off of those highs. It had a low in 2018 of about $72 and a high late last year of about $146. So, you know, it doubled in a couple of years. And for a company like Procter & Gamble, which doesn't grow very much, you're talking about revenue growth in the mid-single digits. It's so large, it typically grows with the overall economy on average, right? So what type of multiple do you want to pay for something like that, right, is a big question. And that's why I say our value is closer to $100 a share because enterprise value even right now is 16 on a company that historically typically trades closer to 10 to 12, call it, yeah, 10 to 12. And that's why I say 128 at 100, it's probably more reasonable. So we're looking at that for Procter & Gamble, $100 is a good buy point. And H&R Block, that's going to be the riskier name, but it also has more potential to go up. Why? Because it's trading at multiples that are much cheaper than Procter & Gamble, only 7.8 times enterprise value to EBITDA, which is kind of near the long-term averages. But it's businesses up and down, right? 2018 made $3 a share almost. 2020, they only made 17 a share. So let's make 329 this year, down to 245 next year. So you can see how their business is just all over the place. So it's a higher risk name. I think H&R Block is a better value. I think you have to be willing to take a, a risk and handle higher levels of volatility. And H&R Block has a lot more debt. So... Once again, pros and cons there. Do you want a safer name? Procter & Gamble is a good one at $100. H&R Block, pretty decent price now, but a lot more volatility and a lot less of a sure thing. Thanks for the call. Now let's dig in lastly to retail sales. I started that earlier, but uh, I want to close with it. Retail sales came in at 5.3% higher in January from December. And now the seasonally adjusted number, that's certainly been weird with COVID, but that's what you're looking at. And that's been driven by stimulus, right? We have fresh government stimulus. We have COVID restriction, restrictions easing, especially in the back half of January. And that helped push up retail sales as there's more opportunity to spend, more hiring going on. Now the Atlanta GDP model now has the economy growing in the first quarter of 9.5%. That's up from 4.5% just a week ago, their estimate a week ago. So the economic numbers come in, are coming in pretty strong. Now the retail sales increased to fall three months of decline going into the final month of the year. And it was the strongest gain since last June. That was when the economy was really reopening. So The stimulus measures are working. And that shouldn't shock anybody. GDP, part of GDP calculation is government spending. When the government spends more and runs massive deficits, you shouldn't be shocked that it boosts the economy. Now, it's certainly short term, it's certainly a sugar high. 
question is, can it be sustained? Should it be sustained? Will it be sustained? That's a bigger question. But we do know, if that does happen, it's going to drive up spending, and spending brings demand for more goods and services, which brings inflation. Now, I'm Justin Klein, and this completes another Invest Talk program. Steve Peasley and I thank you for listening, and we encourage you to tell your friends and family about our free podcast downloads. There's a new program each weekday shortly after we end our live stream broadcast, which concludes at 5 p.m. Pacific time. Get your free download anytime at iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and investtalk.com. Be sure to rate and review. Independent thinking, shared success. This is Invest Talk. Good night. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is president and Justin Klein chief executive officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART.